Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha. It is Kiddush Club. We are back in the studio. Yeah, but it's it's only Adar Aleph. So what are you talking about? It applies to both. Does it though? Does uh, it though? Listen to me. Adar is Adar. It doesn't qualify anywhere that whether it's the first or the second. You're We're, making this up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you are. No. no. How far will no, you I'm take kidding. this Amaratsus? Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yes. Does that mean? Wh- what does that mean? Does that mean our uh, intro music comes back? Possibly. Possibly. Oh, do we wait for the second other? No, no, no. This is fine. You can. I think it's other. It's a time. It's a time of joy. But my joy comes from being back in the studio with, with you. With me. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. <laughs> How was your trip? My trip was really, really good. And uh, it's funny because as I was there, instead of actually enjoying my vacation, I kept thinking, oh, you know, I got to talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> like I kept having these things. Right. You can't even enjoy it. You yes. couldn't even live in the moment. Because you're busy thinking about retelling it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, okay? So, uh, as you know, I'm an avid pickleball player. I knew you were going to laugh. Why do you have to laugh? Why can't it because just it's be? not something that you should wear Break on your about. sleeve, right? It's not. There's no badge that says I'm a pickleball guy. That's true. Okay, but it's not I very do, manly. But I do have a towel that says "Husband, Dad, Pickleball Legend." Yeah, baby. Uh, so it's basically that's right. So basically, there's three things here. I yes. thought it was going to be four: husband, yes, dad, yes. and pickleball legend. Yes, interesting. In order of importance. In that <laughs> order. In that order. <laughs> so, uh, so we decided we're going to go play pickleball, my wife and I. And, uh, you know, it's off campus or whatever you want to call it, not in the, in the hotel where we are. We go there, and it's like a place that has tennis and, and golf and pickleball, whatever. Okay, we get there. Um, and my hotel, my, my uh, butler service guy set up all the reservations. Sounds very fancy. Oh, it was fancy. <laughs> it was nice. It was really, really nice. Brought to you by Kiddush Club. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's all the coffee. A lot of points. A lot of points. Brought to you by Dan's Deals, to be honest. And uh, so we get there, and uh, they're expecting us. Oh, okay, come on in, please. Okay, great. And then they they give us the rackets. They give us the, 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 you know, the thing to carry the rackets in. And... You know, we go outside and we're looking for the pickleball course. We don't see it. And the guy says, okay, senor. And he points to a, a golf cart. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we just get in the golf cart. Now, I've never driven a golf cart in my life. Okay. I mean, have you ever been to camp, sleepaway camp? If you've ever been to sleepaway I have camp. not. Ah. Yeah. That answers a lot of questions. There you go. Now, I get in this golf cart. It's already on and running. And they're like, okay, go. Now, go where? And I don't know how to drive this. How do you turn it on? What are you talking about? It usually has a key. I mean, it's not. The, it's on, but I don't know how to go forward, reverse. I mean, I know how to drive a car, obviously, but I'm saying, I don't know anything about this car. How do you park? How do you make sure it doesn't roll? And the guys, this whole place, they know nothing about me. I imagine I walk in from the street. He hands me the rackets and says, go. And he's like, just go that way. Follow the thing. You'll figure it out. What? What? And I was just thinking, imagine the United States. First of all, you'd sign a waiver. Anything that happens. Oh, and it's on hills, right? So you could like be driving and fall off a hill. Yeah, with the golf cart. With the golf yes. cart. Yes. Yes. Okay. And it's a tiny one lane thing that you're driving on and it's two way. I don't know how it works. And I said, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with the flow here and just do whatever. Cause this guy's telling me, go, he's like, go, 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 go. <laughs> I don't think there was oncoming traffic apparently. But there was at certain points, right? So, like, you're pulling over the other guy. And the other guy is just as clueless as me. You know, it's some other American tourist. Right. And I was just thinking about how if this was America, you would have to, first of all, show your driver's license. You have to sign a waiver. Who's going to be driving? Insurance. 20 things. In Mexico, 
I walk in, go get in, go, go. <laughs> Vámonos. Ándale. Exactly. Well, to be fair, a, a golf cart probably in the United States is going to cost a lot more money than it does in Mexico. And also there's like less restrictions in Mexico. It's just not America. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. But in Mexico's defense, it's not that hard to drive a golf car. But that's not true, really. It's okay? not even a car. It's a golf cart. Yes. It doesn't qualify as an actual car. Okay, first of all, like I said, there were hills. Second of all, I didn't know, like, for example, I get to the pickleball courts and it's on a hill, okay? Okay. I I get out of the, the, the cart. I turn the key to off. I didn't know that there's a parking brake that I had to engage. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> okay, nobody told me. <laughs> they told me nothing. It's in the center console. It's... Uh, nobody told me. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They didn't tell me anything. Now wait, I'm, wait, wait. And Did I, it roll away? It rolled away. No. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> didn't roll away, no. Because that would have been a story. That would have been great, though. Yeah. That would have been great. And imagine yeah. you chasing a golf cart down a hill. <laughs> I could get used to that. Yeah. It would be great. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I also didn't know how to put it into reverse. It took me time. Okay. Anyway, the pickleball was a su success. Send your kids to sleepaway camp. You know what I'm saying? And so that at least they'll have the knowledge that you don't. Yes. That's a good point. So also, it like... It's just everybody's just very chilled over there about everything. Like the, the same way they didn't need a driver's license. You know, like I noticed almost like everyone there is like what we were 15 years ago. For example, I noticed that not everybody's looking at cell phones at all. Really? Yeah. No one's like looking at cell phones. I was just looking around and people are talking to each other. Are you talking about like in in in, in town? Like Because yes. you're, you're at a hotel. No, and not then... the tourists. Yeah, the tourists are all right. on their phones. Right. Everybody else is not on their phones. Like it was the Mexican culture, the yes. Mexican people. Yes. It was amazing. And then, I mean, I mentioned in the last cast about the whales, right? We talked a little bit about the whales. Um, so I'm happy to say we did see whales, but I have a little, a little story for you. Go ahead. So we were having lunch and we were overlooking the ocean. It's an interesting resort in that this ocean is, is dangerous. You can't swim in it. There's rocks and whatever. And there's whales. So now... Uh, as you know, I didn't want to bounce the thousand dollars to go whale watching, and we're just sitting there eating lunch, and then all of a sudden, I see a whale breach. As I'm I'm facing the ocean, my wife is facing me, so I see the whale breach, and she doesn't see it. So now you're eating on the beach, not on the beach. It's in a restaurant, okay. but it overlooks the ocean. Okay, so I had already Googled it to see what type of whales I could expect to see there. Like when I was trying to convince my wife that we're not going on this boat ride, I'm like, no, we're not even going to see them breach. The types of whales that are here don't breach. And breach means, you know, when the whale jumps out of the water. So, and I had been whale watching before, as I mentioned in the last cast, but now all of a sudden while I'm eating, I see the whale breach and I'm like, oh my gosh, honey, turn around. The whales. She turns around, we grab our phones, we start videoing. And sure enough, all the Mexican workers around us are also with their phones and they come over to us. They're, they're super, everybody's super friendly. One of the guys had binoculars, so he gave them to my wife. And she's like loving it, loving it. And now I say something to one of the workers, like, you know, one of the towel boys, you know, one of these guys. And I say something, I go, you know, you know what type of whale you think it is? Because, you know, I'm seeing it breach now, but it wasn't, you know, based on what I saw, they weren't going to breach. He goes, yeah, well, this, uh, senor, this is humpback whale. And I said, no, it's not a humpback whale, you know, because I Googled it. And I know everything. And he goes, no, 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 it is a humpback whale. I go, no, no, it's definitely not a humpback whale. And he goes, senor, I'm a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> Your Google facts are no match 
for the Mexican marine biologist. <laughs> my wife was laughing so hard. Of course. Because you'll, you'll not live that down. All. Yeah, you'll not live that down yeah. soon. But let me ask you a question. Why is this marine biologist like moonlighting as a uh, you <laughs> towel, know, towel boy, boy <laughs> at a cabana. hotel? Right. right. Could you explain that to me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it doesn't pay a lot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Marine biologist is not a leading field in Mexico. Yeah, that's what I would say. Or maybe he's there because it's a super fancy hotel. It pays a lot. Really? Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I did use points, so that made it even better. Made it really enjoyable. For you, yeah. You know, when you're not coming out of pocket, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> feeling. <laughs> great feeling. And I wouldn't have had to use points if people were buying us more coffees. Oh, of you know course. What I'm yes. Yes, people should buy us coffees, but they're not going to vacations. It's going to equipment. Yes, that's true. It's going to equipment overhead infrastructure, correct? 100%. So, if you do want us to continue and you want the cast to keep going and bring you this content, we need your help. Go online, go to our website, kiddishclubpodcast.com, click buy me a coffee, or go direct, buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub, and buy us a coffee. Anything you want, whatever you provide helps keep this cast going. And we're grateful to the people that did heed the call. And can we get to the news? We can, but I do have one more connected <laughs> story. Let me hear. Because as you know... I had to fly there and back, so of course I have stories. So first of all, one interesting thing is, you'll never believe the tailwind that we had on the way back and the speed of the wind. Oh, on the way home. Yeah. Let me hear. Go listen to last week's episode, if you don't know what we're talking about. We had a 176 mile an hour tailwind. So that could put you close to 800 miles an hour. So it wasn't, but we, we were at seven, some, yeah. And we, we beat the time by like a nice 45 minutes or more. Were you panicking? I wasn't. I wasn't panicking. because oh, you know that planes have gone 826 right, miles right, an hour. Right, And so I was like, yeah, we just, nothing. yeah, nothing. This was a joke. But my seat was super uncomfortable. It was JetBlue uh, because there's only two airlines that even fly there. JetBlue's one of them. The, the, the seat was horribly uncomfortable. But I happened to see this article and I was like, Baruch Hashem, this didn't happen on my trip. So Finnair... Finland's airline, they launched this thing where, so it's funny because when, when we went, there was a woman who was sitting next to us who was like really, really complaining. What happened was that she paid for seats in the front, which I tried to do, but I couldn't get them because it was booked. And they forced her to sit in the back. And what they told her was, because of a weight imbalance of the plane, they're forcing some of the people in the front to sit in the back. Wait, was it her size? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking in earnest because- that would not be cool. Okay, right. Yeah. Exactly. So I started, I w that was on the way going. So I was in panic mode because if they do that to me, <laughs> we're done. I mean, you're big, but not that big. <laughs> exactly. But, no, that, that ruins my trip. You don't qualify for <laughs> shifting the actual aircraft. So Finnair is doing this thing and they've launched this where they weigh passengers at the gate so that they can make sure that the weight balance on the plane is good. Yeah, that face you're making, that's, that's a how deal I felt. Breaker. That's a deal breaker yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm not flying Finnair. <laughs> Even me, I'm not flying Finnair because no, I don't want to know. Yeah. I can't go into a vacation with that kind of stress. Exactly. And everyone's standing around, like, covering their mouths. Like <laughs> exactly. And by the way, this for sure going to be people guessing. A hundred percent. Oh, guarantee you that guy tips too. <laughs> guarantee. No, and then they're going to be, like, telling the, you know, the service desk, like, go ask that guy. That guy needs to be put on the skin. <laughs> you need no, to move that guy. No, but there's going to be betting amongst the passengers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's horrible. Over-unders? 
Yeah. No good. But you know what's scary to me is that, so I read that, I'm like, okay, it's, it's Finland. I'm not going to Finland, so right. I'm, I'm cool. No, because if it's successful there, you know the other airlines are going to adopt it. There is no chance on this earth that this gets adopted. There's no chance. I hope you are right. I'm on the record saying that it will never be a reality. Okay. Hopefully you're right because I'm pretty nervous. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Okay, let's go to the actual news. The big, big news, amazingly good, happy news, is that the IDF rescued two hostages from Rafah in the Gaza Strip next to the Egyptian border. Two hostages alive, a special operation. They brought them out. We're going to include video of them being transported to the helicopters. It's an amazing video. Uh, you know, you just see them, the, the, the soldiers telling them, we love you. Do you want some water? Uh, is that, do you need a blanket? And they're like, no, we're okay. And it's just amazing. Such an amazing feeling. I, what I don't understand, though, is we got to, where are the others? Are, are you telling me that these two were hel held separately? So that's a crazy thing, by the way, in that they were held in an apartment building in someone's apartment. So all this talk around the world about the innocent civilians and how many innocent civilians are dying, why can't Israel just kill Hamas? Because they're the ones in the apartments. Because they are the civilians. That's why. I really wonder what their conditions are, or were rather, and, and what they're going to report to us. Because they'll be debriefed in the next oh, day or so. Absolutely. Right? But what, like, did they have a tolerable time? Was it absolutely intolerable? We're going to hear. Right. We're definitely going to hear. Um, Defense Minister Yov Gallant actually said, this is just the first. There is more to come. Wow. Hope he's right. Yeah, we're praying for all yeah, of them. Now there's 134 left. Yes, yes. And I think uh, this was a woman's husband and brother. So it was amazing, amazing thing. And speaking of the rest of the world and their critique of Israel, there was an amazing article in Tablet that was talking about how successful they actually are in Gaza. And it's something that we don't hear because all we ever hear is the negative and America saying you too many uh, civilian casualties. Yeah, because the other side is winning the PR, PR war. Exactly. And do you know why that is, by the way? I think Ben Shapiro explained this. It's because we are focusing on the positives. That never goes viral. The Palestinian side is always focused on the negative. But why does that go more viral than the positive? Because that's just the nature of human beings, right? Right. The, the, the Palestinian side is highlighting how many people, how many civilians are dying. They don't, you ever hear them talk about a victory? They don't talk about victories. No, they don't have too many of those. Well, even if they do, they don't talk about how what, what type of good things they do. It's all negative. It's yeah. negative Death. press. Mm, yeah. Whereas Israel is trying to focus on positive and positivity, and that never, ever gets off the ground as much as negativity does. Right. That's a good point. But one of the things this article mentions is that before they entered Gaza, a lot of the analysts predicted that it was going to be like a disaster area with a lot of losses on the Israeli side, not making much progress, etc. And looking at the numbers, and this article goes into it, it says basically that the IDF had a, has a 50 to 1 kill ratio, which is super, super high. And that's in a situation where you have the whole world yelling at them. Look, it's Explain obvious. me, though, that 50 to 1. What does that mean? That means they kill 50. For every one IDF soldier that they lose, they kill 50. 50 terrorists. Yes. And... The crazy thing is that Israel's air force has been right completely grounded, right? When it first started, there was a lot of bombing. You don't see that anymore, right? Because all the countries got involved. No, you can't bomb. So they have to put boots on the ground. And that's much more dangerous. But they're handling it really, really well. And 
yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a success much more than anyone could have predicted. Well, thank goodness for that because we're not out of the woods just yet. Absolutely. Uh, other Israel news, major Israel news, was that they found a major headquarters under an UNRWA. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And I, I saw that Israel is stopping, is closing down all UNRWA facilities in Israel, period. It's about time. Yeah. And and the UN is like, oh, we're going we're gonna to look into that. <laughs> we're going to investigate. <laughs> so you do that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, in uh, even crazier news, uh, and this came from, uh, it's an Israeli site, uh, mako.co.il, and uh, it seems that the Moroccans have entered the the ring. Really? Yeah. So the Moroccans have now said that they are no longer going to be smuggling hashish into Israel in protest (laughs) of the IDF's operation. No hashish for the Israelis. No hashish for you. (laughs) I mean, this article is just, it's it's mind-blowing article because... There, you know, the article is trying to say, like, look how, you know, Israel really suffers from all angles, like every country. But they're quoting, like, an Israeli criminal. <laughs> like, so I'll read it to you. It says, according to an Israeli criminal who's a member of a criminal organization in the Sharon region, the drug dealers in Morocco decided to stop selling them hashish, which caused them a loss of tens of millions of shekels. Quote, the hashish dealers in Morocco are not willing to sell us more hashish either directly or through intermediaries. They decided that because of the war, they are confiscating us. Since the war, we have lost a lot of money, tens of millions of shekels at least. This war very bad for business. All we have here is bamba now. <laughs> what the difference? Let them smoke the bamba. Gamarnu. Yalla. That's what they're going to have to do. It's no joke. <laughs> they're out of product. <laughs> Which doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I guess Morocco has other markets. Like, they don't need the Israeli distribution, apparently. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, they're willing to forego on their own money that right. they're getting. Right, they need Parnassa, too. Right, You know exactly. what I'm saying? Even drug dealers need yeah. Parnassa. Right, but they hate Israel more than, than they want than they to want live large. Just shows you how strong anti-Semitism is. But I never thought it was that strong in Morocco. Well, it is. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty strong. <laughs> even, even the drug dealers even the have dr- scruples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know... We, it's not just the Moroccans. The Houthis, they don't stop. But in, in ironic news, the Houthis, actually their latest missile that they shot, uh, it actually hit a boat, that w- I mean a ship, that was headed for Iran. <laughs> I, they're not very good at this, the <laughs> no, Houthis. Like, no, no. Like, they, like they're just starting out. I feel like they're freshmen. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're like the freshies of the terrorist organization. Yes. Yeah, I would say that's, that's pretty accurate. But, I mean, Iran is their... Benefactor. Yes, exactly. Their patron, I was going to say. And the fact that they're hitting ships that are headed to Iran, like, I'm sure there's going to be some blowback here. You know what? Or not. Because it's like they'll be understanding, like, we are not upset, but if you don't do better, we will just kill you. (laughs) That's probably what they said. Uh, also coming out of Wynet, uh, Davos, you know Davos in the Swiss Alps. Yes. So a ski shop there has now posted a sign that says they will no longer rent equipment to Jews. No. The that's... anti-Semitism continues. But, but, according to them, according to the ski shop, it has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. Actually. <laughs> yeah. So they claim that the reason they did it has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. They said that the reason they did it was because, so it seems there's a lot of Jews that have been going to Davos, and they said that 
Locals have expressed concerns about disrespectful behavior and a lack of regard for local customs. So what are they saying about Jews? That the Jews are <laughs> ignoring the rules. Someone stole a sled. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of on brand. I'm not going to say. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but... Yeah, I right? mean, if, if this kinda... definitely happened on a Cholomoyed uh, yeah. excursion. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I didn't want to say it, but you said it. <laughs> like, you know, anti-Semitism, but maybe... Yeah, but we are who we are at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. there's no getting around it, and we're super <laughs> distinguishable, so... Yeah. Uh, and uh, moving to uh, the United States a little bit, so first of all, Biden has now demanded that Israel submit a humanitarian report from Israel. You know, as Biden has been uh, campaigning, as he picks up his campaign, he's been getting a little bit tougher and tougher on Israel. Well, he's in a tight spot, right? He is. Because he, he, he has to support Israel, but his left-leaning constituency wants wants this to be, you know, he wants him to come down hard on Israel, right? right? So there's no really winning for him. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know Michigan, which uh, with Talib and a lot of a huge Muslim population, He's mostly Muslim, right? And he cannot afford to lose Michigan. He cannot afford to lose Michigan. So, uh, so that happened. And also in the United States, there was uh, unfortunately an active shooter situation in the church of Joel Osteen. You know that they call it a mega church. Okay. So you know this guy is very famous guy. I don't know him, but I know the type. Yeah. You know with these big preachers, yes. like like uh, like Hagee. I don't know who that John is. John Hagee, he's huge, one of the biggest, right, so but he's a big also supporter of, of Israel. Yeah, most of them are big supporters of Israel. And, you know, the, these mega churches, they have like thousands of people there. Um, you know, they're just huge. And it's televised. Yes. Yes. So the, the reason why I'm bringing it up is, I mean, aside that it was national news, the shooter, first of all, strangely enough, was a woman. And second of all, they found on her gun, her gun said Free Palestine. Really? Yeah. So now it actually, you know, I didn't think of the connection right away, but you just pointed it out, is that a lot of these, you know, evangelicals and a lot of the very firm Christians huge, are very pro-Israel. supporters, yes. Right, so... Maybe it's, that's it's, why that occurred. It's very possible. But you don't get very far in Texas with an active shooter situation. That is true. Right? <laughs> because true. everybody's everybody's carrying. Yeah. Everybody's packing heat. So it's like, it's a matter of minutes before she's taken down yeah it reminds it, it it reminds me of remember the other active shooter in texas where two like random people in the audience just pulled out guns one of them was a woman shot the guy on the spot right like you get one <laughs> shot off and that's it yeah, yeah that's it you better make it a good one <laughs> exactly <laughs> but speaking of joe biden by the way back to joe biden yeah, there's a lot to cover yeah on uncle joe the big, big news was that he was found that they're not not that he was found not guilty. There's no charges going to be pressed on him for his classified documents, the classified documents that he took. Because he, I don't even know what this is. Is it he's unfit to stand trial? No. Okay, that's so, not it. So according to the report, I'll, I'll read to you one of the one of the paragraphs. Okay, basically what they're saying is, among other reasons, you know, there was a lot of different charges, a lot of different violations, and each one. The report goes through and explains why they're not bringing charges. So for one of them, I'm going to read to you direct quote here. It says, We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would li likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning well elderly man with a poor memory. That is, it, it, it's... This is your president. An elderly man with a poor memory. It goes on to say... It's that, striking. That's, that's the word I was looking scary. for. It's striking. 
they even say that in 2017, in his interviews, even in 2017, he couldn't remember major dates. He couldn't remember if he was vice president during certain years. He couldn't remember when his son Bo died. We've covered that. Yeah, but no, we've covered how he's, he said he died in Iraq, and, but he doesn't even remember the year. So then Biden, the Biden team, so now they you know, wanted to address this. So first of all, they came out like, oh, we've been exonerated, exonerated. But they have to, you know, the elephant in the room is that the report is pretty damaging, saying he, he doesn't have a memory. And so he addressed it. And, and it's scary for a few reasons, though. Because number one is this is your president, commander in chief. But okay, yeah. it's always been. What's scarier to me is the alternative, right? I'm not looking for we did it, Joe. I don't want Kamala. Do you? No. But I also don't want a guy who doesn't really know what day it is, what country he's in. You know, it's it's, it's scary. Yeah. So I and would look, stick. We're by happy the way. with Biden. He's been helping Israel. But, but it's scary. And look, don't think that the rest of the world is not looking at Joe Biden and the fact that he's so senile and not saying, okay, now's the time to make a move. Venezuela is moving all their troops to the border of Guyana, which is oil rich, and they're going to invade. The same way Russia decided to invade, the same way Hamas decided to invade, the same way the Houthis decided to, to get active. The entire world, you know, for four years they were saying how Trump is going to destroy the world and foreign policy, he's making us a laughingstock in the world. And nothing happened. Now, Biden's been president, and the whole world is exploding. Now, do you think that if you were the leader of another country and you saw an extremely weak U.S. president, you wouldn't say, oh, time to hop a Rhine? A hundred percent. Exactly. So now Biden, in addressing it, now he has this whole press conference where he wants to come out and say, I was exonerated. And by the way, they, they're claiming that I'm senile. I'm not. I want to just play for you a little bit of that press conference so that you could cr cringe the same way I did. Okay. <laughs> in addition, I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. I mean, and this is just one clip, but basically what he's saying is, we got a rosary. This is the, remember, this is the press conference to prove that he actually has a good memory, not a bad memory. Every day I have a rosary that I wear that I got from, from, no, I can't remember. <laughs> well, my lady of... Uh, can't remember. <laughs> right. No, and that's, that's okay. No, no, it's not okay. Listen, this it's is not the press okay conference not, to prove it. You got to acknowledge it. If you don't remember, you can say, lady of, I don't remember, who remembers? Not if you're here trying to prove that you have a good memory and that your memory is fine. Yeah, that's a bad... Very bad. ...display of memory. And it goes on and on. I'm not going to play the whole clip. We'll include it in the WhatsApp. But it's worth watching because it, it's cringe after cringe after cringe, and it doesn't make you feel more confident. But at the same time, I would rather the devil I know. Yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. I'm not saying no. But just to give you an idea of the difference in the way Biden speaks, I want to play you something not from so long ago, from 2018. Now, they already said in the report that in 2017 that he was already losing the memory. But here's Biden speaking in 2018. I want you to compare how he spoke then. Listen to this. 
Is age a legitimate issue? It is a legitimate issue. Sure it is. And I think people are going to judge it. If I were to run, I think they're going to judge me on my vitality. Can I still run up the steps of Air Force Two? Am I still in good shape? Am I, do I have all my faculties? Am I, am I energetic? I think it's totally legitimate people to ask those questions. What's crazy about that video is that he looks so much more coherent. Yes, yes, exactly. No, 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 his eyes are clear. Clear, yes. It's very obvious. That's that crazy. That's crazy to actually see with your own eyes that in one, he, he just looks dazed and confused, but even when he's not speaking, yes. his eyes lost uh, like the, the light. light. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, crazy yeah. to see. Also, what's crazy in this clip is that he says, I could still run up the stairs of Air Force One. We know he cannot run up the stairs of Air Force One because he repeatedly trips. He repeatedly trips. And we covered this on the cast that how they, they're bringing him into the cockpit because it's less stairs for yeah, him to trip yeah, yeah. on. I mean, that's from his own mouth. Yeah. Right? He said, can I still run up the steps of the, the plane? And the answer to that is no, you can't. Right. <laughs> you cannot. I mean, it's, we're laughing, but it's, it's, it's pretty scary stuff. It is scary. And it's also scary that Kamala came out and said she's ready to serve. <laughs> I'm here, guys. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. That was the readiness that nobody asked for. Yeah, we did it, Joe. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm just no. telling you, I cannot do that. No, no. A hundred percent. I vote for Joe Biden 99 out of 100 times. Yes. Yeah. No, 100 out of 100 for me. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, just because we're, we're in politics a little bit, and then we'll jump to the Super Bowl, uh, our, our friend Tucker, not our friend, our anti-Semite uh, spectrum, spectrum holder. holder. <laughs> Tucker Carlson interviewed <laughs> right. Vladimir Putin. And when I say interview, I'm using that term very loosely because it was really less of an interview and more of Putin grandstanding and giving a speech to the American people. Did you watch the whole thing? I did. So did I. Yeah. It kept me for it two did, hours. Yeah, because, I mean, you, he's a dick, one of the most powerful people yeah, on the planet. Like, it's like part, most of the time I'm just imagining him being the dictator that he is. Right. But he makes, a, first of all, he comes off as extremely intelligent, which he probably of is. Of course. Yeah. He's the president of the biggest territory anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, also, he came off really likable, I want to say. It's yeah. like... His whole case well, Tucker is, looked like he loved him. I mean, Tucker couldn't be happier. I, I didn't like it. I mean, he he was like giggling and and and, and blushing. I mean, come listen, on, Tucker, listen. keep it together. Be a journalist. He's in the Kremlin. What, what's going to happen to him? First of all, nobody knows what's going to happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He could disappear and nobody would oh, know. Come on. And mean, there's going to be no network looking for him either. <laughs> it's not like Fox is going to be like, hey, where's Tucker? Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. They wouldn't care. It's only Tucker. It's him for himself. So he has to be a little, he has to lay it on a little bit with the flattery. Come on. What do you think? In the middle of the interview, someone's going to just like barge in and be like, this interview is over. <laughs> we find illegal nicotine pouch in uh, Tucker luggage. <laughs> they could do that. They could, right? And yeah. he's a big fan of those things. Yes, apparently, he is. yes, it's true. But you don't know what's going to happen. I... He needs to listen. He's a guest in the Kremlin, and you think that he's being like too nice? Yeah, I don't agree. Stop kissing up so I much, don't Tucker. Don't agree. It's a world power. He's a dictator. He's a president, officially. I'm just saying, you and I know. <laughs> I wonder if halacha, I mean, he would be, right? He of would course. Be he would be considered... Uh, you could probably say a bracha on Yeah, on probably. Putin. Even more than the American president, probably, because Putin, unlike the United States president, could just kill people with a, with the you know... 
the a wave of a wand. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> but no, here's the thing, though. He came off to me like, you know, we have no reason to be uh, territorialist. We don't want to enter Poland. We have a reason for starting the Ukraine war. Your politicians paint us as evil because they have their own agenda. Yeah, but dude, dude. We know that he was grandstanding, okay? He's calling, he's still saying that he has to denazify Ukraine. What is he talking about? The president is Jewish. The, he's not, the, his claim is that we still have to continue in Ukraine because we have to denazify it. But that's true no, to an extent. No, it's not. Yes, it is. There's, a, there's one group in, in Ukraine that are, yes, they're, they're Nazi oriented. But you're not doing this for denazification. Who are you kidding? No, that's just one of the cheshboinists. Uh, oh, come on. Because, listen, they have treaties that they're not honoring in Ukraine. Which he claims, and which factually are not all accurate. Shapiro did a, a, a very nice rundown where he pointed out all of the factual inaccuracies that he was saying to make his case. By the way, I would love to watch a Ben Shapiro Vladimir Putin interview. Interview. <laughs> that would be great. You know, cuz I feel like he'd be a little bit more pointed with the questions. He would demand a little bit more like he he's he's much more no nonsense. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. So, I'm just saying when I finished this interview, I was itching my head saying, "What is my government hiding from me?" Like that, they that, do, that, but they that do control the narrative. No, but that was his goal. Don't you understand? That was his goal, and that's why Tucker. I'm not sure if he did a service to us because what it was was a big fat piece of Russian propaganda. That's what it was, and that's what why Vladimir agreed to do it. It was Russian propaganda, and it was anti-NATO. And the whole thing was to say how NATO is really the big bad wolf. Well, he I, said he wanted to be in NATO. Okay, but we know none of it's true. He asked Bill Clinton. None of it is true. We can check that with Bill Clinton. Okay, do you do that and get back to us. <laughs> but speaking of NATO, you saw that Trump got into trouble talking about NATO. Did you see that one? No, no, tell me. Uh, let me play it for you. They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Not a great look. <laughs> not a great thing to say, Trump. No, but he's also in golf club mentality. Mar-a-Lago, right? You know what I'm saying? He's like, if you don't pay your membership, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning he just wants his membership paid right that's where his head is it's business but head. no it's definitely not you know you can't you can't say you, that right you, you can't, can't allow that. countries to attack each other because you didn't pay your nato membership agreed agreed and there's a big election coming in new york by the time this gets released the election will have happened that for this it's a special election for the seat of george santos and the reason why it's so interesting is that the two people who are running one of them is tom swazi and the other is mazi Pelip. I think it bears mentioning that we have watched this journey of George Santos on this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And we have seen him just lie his way <laughs> through being a congressman in New York. Yep. And now it's basically D-Day for yep. him, yep. right? Judgment has come yep. and is currently being served. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. I'm not sure if you know this. The woman who's running for the Republican seat, Mazi Melissa Pillip, she's an Ethiopian Jew. 
No. Yes. Yes, she is. She was born in 1978 or 1979. I guess in Ethiopia, you're not sure, right? <laughs> <I don't> no. <laughs> she immigrated to Israel in 1991 in Operation Solomon. Remember where they brought in all those Ethiopian Jews? I don't remember when it was, but I do remember that it occurred. You remember at the time, Rav Avadia gave a, a major psaac that said that they were Jews, and it was it was a big question. She grew up in an, Ethi- in an Ethiopian town in extreme poverty. She went to Israel. She served in the IDF. She went to university where she met her husband, who is a Ukrainian medical student, and they're both Orthodox Jews. She has my vote. I mean, hands <laughs> well, down. That's it. Done. That's it. I, I don't need to know anything else. You know what I'm saying? It's one of my people. Yeah. Yeah. So this is big. This is big. This is big for us. And what's great is that, you know, technically she's, you know, she's dark skinned. So, and she's a Republican. So like, so the fact that she's Jewish, but she doesn't look like a regular white Jew. She's a black Jew. This is going to be good for us. It's good for us. Yeah. It's real good. Let's take a digression for a second and talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. And the reason I want to talk about the Super Bowl is because we mentioned it last week. And I took one for the team. And by that, I mean the podcast team. And I watched the Super Bowl for the first time in my life. Well, I watched really? half of it. Yeah. Yes, I watched the second half with my schwer. I know that definitely could not have been easy for you, but I, I didn't watch. Uh, and I kind of felt left out. FOMO. You had I FOMO. I definitely felt like I'm missing something, like things are going on without me. You didn't me. miss anything. You didn't miss anything. Well, I did miss the Super Bowl. Right. But I mean, I mean, it could just be that we're both not sports fans, but. I still don't understand. I understand maybe a little bit more of what people like, but not really because I don't understand it. I don't care who wins. I don't care who plays. I don't care who gets hurt. None of it means nothing to me. (laughs) That's dark. But I will say this. In the last episode, we talked about how the NFL is fixed and how uh, the NFL is going to make sure that Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. Guess who won the Super Bowl? Kansas City. Kansas City. You know, there's a, like a poll out there on who thinks this, the NFL is rigged or not. I think it's like like one every out of every five people thinks it's rigged. Thinks that it's legitimately rigged. Okay, let me just tell you one thing about the Super Bowl. You ready for this? Now, no. again, you know I know nothing, so I'm watching as a complete amaris. Yeah, completely ignorant. Right. So I'm with the Schwer, and so at, at a certain point, the 49ers get a touchdown. You get six points when you get a touchdown. When you get a touchdown, you can try for the extra point. You kick a field goal, right? Yes. With me. Okay. So they get the six-point touchdown. They go for the field goal, and they miss. Okay? It gets blocked. Okay? The Schwer looks at me at that moment and goes, that's it. That's Kansas City's way of coming back. And I said, what's the big deal? It's just one point. He says, just watch and see. That's what he told me. What was the score at this point? So what what ended up happening was Kansas City ended up kicking a field goal for three points. And they were able to tie the game, bringing it into overtime. Had the 49ers got that extra point, they would have won. So now we're going into overtime, right? And I'm like, wow, I can't believe. So now the fact that it's going into overtime, by the way, also tells you that the NFL is making even more money now, right? Because now there's more people watching, watching for longer. There's more commercials. Are there more commercials? Like, how Absolutely. do you know? Yeah, because now the game has to continue for another hour. But how do they buy commercials? Like, commercials are $7 million a piece. Right. Do you get, like, a better price on, like, having an overtime commercial? Like, if we go into overtime, we will, like, we'll, we'll, we'll make your message. You know, we'll send out your, your, your commercial. I don't know, but I do know they're making more money. Right. And 
here's the crazy thing. So now, he, so now this happens, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. This is what I thought was going to happen, and I know nothing about sports, and it's actually happening. And he, so then I turn to him and I say, let me ask you a question. What percentage of field goal kicks are unsuccessful? I mean, that's a pretty simple question, right? Because if it's if it's 50-50, then I, I get it. So he checks. Take a guess. What percentage of field goal kicks in the NFL last year were successful? I want to go with 80%. 95%. Whoa. It's, it's really an easy kick right. if you're trained. Right. He only has one job, that kicker. Kick the ball. And they're in the end zone, right? They're all the way at the end. It's not like they're kicking a field goal from the 40-yard line, right? They're at the end zone. And the 49ers themselves, their record was like 97.5%. But that and this would is mean, the Super Bowl. Hold on. That would mean that the player himself, that the kicker is in on it. Or the blocker, or the kicker and the blocker, or yes. But that's hard. Because once you want to say that the players know, if it's only the referees, I get it. Maybe it's possible. But here you, you're trying to tell me that a kicker was involved, unless they're, they're postling field goals. Like, I don't know, unless there's no, some... No, no, no. I mean, you see the ball doesn't go into... Yeah, right, doesn't you go can't in, really yeah. postle it can't just from that. a look. Yes, yes. So, so that means players are involved. I don't think they have the capability to keep such a secret. Why? It's one guy. Nah, it's one, one guy, guy this time. Okay. What do you mean? If you want to fix a league... If you want to fix a league... It's going to be a lot more widespread, and it's not possible to keep such a secret. Who says that's the only thing they planned? If you're going to stand to make a billion dollars, what did the police say, right? You, with a crime, you need to have means, motive, and opportunity. Yes. Okay? Means, they have. They have plenty of money. Motive, they have because they want to make more money. Yes. Opportunity, <laughs> yes. they control everything. They control the rules. They control the refs. They control everything. They have absolute opportunity. For the record, I don't actually believe that the NFL is rigged. I don't, but I do think it's pretty coincidental. Yeah, I mean, it does. It is a little fishy. Definitely. And by the way, speaking of Super Bowl commercials and how much they cost, did you see the two commercials, the the anti-anti-Semitism commercials? Yes, yeah, so that I did see. So let's play them. So one of them was paid for by Robert Kraft. Yes, he's the owner of... Patriots. The Patriots. He's also a Jew, and he's uh, pretty pro-Israel. Yeah, but what about the other? The other was the one that says, you know, here's to the daddies that we played that, you know, who are being held by Hamas. Yes, the dads. Yeah. Did I say daddies? You did. <laughs> <laughs> who paid for that one? So that's an organization called Stand With Us. That's $7 million. That's, yes. Yeah. But you know what? The message was clear. I hope it resonated, though. You know? I, I hope think it that's why they did the dad thing. Because, yeah. you know, everybody can resonate with that. Right. And you know what? It's accurate because it's mostly fathers right. now. That's like true. Most of the women and children were released. Of course, there still are, right? We still don't know the fate of, of the Bibas. Right, right. We got to keep davening. Right. We just, That's all we could do. We can only be hopeful. Yeah. And moving on in the stories that I know you didn't hear about, there was an incident in Australia. Australia really comes onto our radar often. <laughs> Not as much as India. But quite a lot. It is the other side of the world, which just means we have no idea what goes on down there. True. But we do. We have some of our listeners who, who send us stuff. They do tell us that it's not as bad as we, <laughs> as we make, make it, it out. <laughs> well, first hear this story, and then you'll decide for yourself. So there was a fire that broke out in Bullsbrook. I don't know where that is exactly, but somewhere in Australia, a fire broke out. And the emergency services that went to put it out, and I think this was probably like a wildfire or something, and so the emergency services went to put it out, 
and they brought helicopters that dumped water onto the fire. And so that has a happy ending. Okay. You know, the fire was put out. Good. There was just one problem. Sure. It turns out they <laughs> they used sewage, wastewater. Oh, so you really <laughs> meant it when you said they dumped water. Yes. <laughs> And, like, they have quotes from people there who said, like, you know, it actually felt really good at first, the water coming down, until they realized that it was sewage. I mean, it's the, it's the definitely the lesser of the two evils. Yes, but it's not something you want to hear. They had to warn all the people not to eat anything from their gardens, empty their water tanks. I mean, it's really dangerous. You know, that is... It's raw sewage. Yeah, it's legitimately super dangerous. But how did that get into the, like, how did that make its way into the supply, like into the water supply, even for fighting fires? Well, I think they have like water tanks, you know, like in Israel, they have those, right? Sure. And so I think, you know, because they're dropping it from above. So I guess the water got into some of the tanks. Could you imagine if you're in the shower and like you're sitting in the shower, everything's going great for you, you know? Yeah, it's nice and hot. Nice and hot. There's no spiders this time, <laughs> no snakes, no scorpions. It is Australia, so you have to be thankful. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, crikey, what am I smelling? <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, like, no. You know, these types of things don't just happen everywhere in the world. They happen in Australia. And moving to Europe. We have Germany in the news. So Germany, like you know, Japan, China, they have these high-speed trains there. Did you know that? I have some knowledge that you can like take the rails all throughout Europe. Yes. Yeah, so they also have high-speed trains. And it turns out that those trains are running Windows 3.1. Those trains run on Windows 3.1. How do you feel about that? Wait, that's an old system. 30 years old. Windows 3.1. Well, you know what? What does it have to do? You know, when you have a computer that does the same thing over and over and over, like you don't really need to upgrade. One second, one second. Imagine you're on a flight, okay? And you have the screen in front of you and you put the map and instead of seeing the map, you're seeing Windows 3.1 like pixels. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? How would you feel about that? Yeah, no, that would make me uncomfortable. Extremely uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable plane. just reading it. This is this is a train. High speed train. Those are pretty dangerous. If those mm. derail or whatever. And like, why is the German public not, you know, flipping out about this? Yeah, yeah. Because they are yuckies. <laughs> is that why? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, if it's not broken, don't touch it. That's the yucky mind. Okay, but come on, Windows three point one? Like aren't they gonna aren't they embarrassed? Obviously, nobody made a fuss. Right. Right? But it's Windows 3.1. No, we are uber happy with this. <laughs> Windows 31. <laughs> this is, uh, you are running 11. We are on Windows 31 for the high-speed rails. You understand? Yeah. So that's Germany. So yeah, now maybe, maybe they think it's Windows 31. Yeah. Because possible. it really is a problem. It's possible. And there we go. Another thing to add to my list of phobias. Well, that's why you didn't travel to Europe. That's true. And uh, we'll end off with this story. And this one's from the United States. Crazy story from the United States. A woman in Utah, and it's a sad story, she uh, hit and killed a cyclist. But the crazy thing is, is that her defense when she went to court was that she had uncontrollable defecation. And that's why she did it. <laughs> I mean... What, what, what does that mean? What type of defense is that? I don't know. I didn't, I know, mean, wait. I didn't know there was such a thing like that. Well, basically, she had dia, and she couldn't, because right. that's what it is, right? I, that is I'm uncontrollable assuming, defecation, is it not? 
I, I, I think so. But, you know, she did fail sobriety tests, so she was clearly under the influence of something. Right. But to be fair, uncontrollable dia would cause anybody to just lose their focus. <laughs> right? Did you see, by the way, there's a video out there with uh, uh, that has a diver, and she's trying to explain to people, what do you do if you come head on with a tiger shark. Right. 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 I did see it. Yes. So if you flail and you make a lot of motion, it's going to just chase after you. But if you're still and face the shark eye to eye, even push down on its nose, yes. Yes. then you'll you'll survive. You'll survive Maybe. and you'll you know, it thinks you're a fellow predator. Right. Right. So when you go to the comments of that video, they're hysterical. <laughs> and but I think to me <laughs> to me, my favorite comment was, he'd never find me in my cloud of diarrhea. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> but the truth is, first of all, it's it's, it's funny because it's true. It's true, it's true. Right? And apparently, uncontrollable defecation is a thing. Right. So you could, like, plead insanity or plead uncontrollable defecation. Or get away from a shark. Right. Very good. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. You know what we never do, by the way? What? Wish people a good Shabbos. Oh, you're right. Because it's like Wednesday. Right. But people don't end up listening some, you know, sometimes right. till Thursday or even Friday. Right. So, good Shabbos, everyone. <laughs> good Shabbos, I guess. Yeah, it's a little weird, but it's yeah. It's weird. It is. And we thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to join the WhatsApp group. You can do that uh, either from the show notes or visit us at kiddishclubpodcast.com. Follow us on X, follow us on Instagram, and until next time, Kiddish Club out. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.